0: Marking himself. What? Ancient warriors would mark themselves with the blood of their kill.
1: It's a rite of passage.
2: Welcome to the Three Men in a Retrospective podcast Predator Mini Retrospective. I'm ready. In the lead-up to this year's Hulu release, Prey, arriving August 5th, Adam,
1: I taught this little slut everything she knows,
2: Matt, Turn back! It's a trap! and Garrett,
3: Are you looking at me or the clock? we
2: will review both Alien vs. Predator films.
3: Why do you
0: want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't.
2: Where did the AVP concept come from? Okay, now take your time. And can pray finally be the Predator prequel fans of the franchise have been waiting for.
0: What did you say this room was called?
2: Sacrificial chamber. All this coming up, courtesy of Percolated Media.
0: It's time.
1: Alien vs. Predator, AVP. Released August thirteenth, two 2004. Budget was $65 million. Box office, $177.4 million. And this is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. First time we've mentioned, we've talked to Paul W.S. Anderson on this show, I believe. This show or the la- or the other show. All right, boys. I decided to give these guys a little bit of a break from Batman after Catwoman. it was like, oh, boy, we've had enough of that franchise to talk about a better movie. <laughs> AVP. <laughs> this movie is notorious. This makes three notorious movies in a row that we have discussed for reasons that we'll get into as we get into the podcast. But for those who have not listened to our magnificent Catwoman show from last week, Matt, let's talk about Alien vs. Predator. What's your relationship to this particular franchise? Then we'll get into why we're taking this route to get to where we're going.
3: I saw this on DVD Because I I didn't see it in a theater, because I I don't think by the time this came out, I had seen any of the Alien movies or Predator. Despite the fact it was PG-13, I probably could have gotten in, no questions asked. But I... How how do I put this delicately? When I see the name Paul W.S. Anderson, I clinch up. The W.S., by the way, stands for worthless shit, (laughs) in my humble estimations. Because he's Roland Emmerich without the glorious excess and Michael Bay without the technical craftsmanship. It's like they took the, all the things that those guys mm-hmm. suck at, all WS W.S. make it some art out of disaster schlock. I don't understand the affinity for his Mortal Kombat movie. I never have. Event Horizon is one of the dumbest movies I have ever seen, but I kind of enjoy it because of Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. But I do like his first Resident Evil movie. That's the funny thing. For a guy who made my favorite video game series of all time into movies, that have no real connection or affinity to those games. It's a solid B-movie for what it's trying to do. So I could kind of see giving him Alien versus Predator with those between Resident Evil and Mortal Kombat both being successes, at least commercially. But I don't have a love for Predator beyond the first movie. If you go back and listen to the Bin shows, I didn't give high marks to any of the sequels and or reboots. So the idea of crossing them over with the other big extraterrestrial franchise that's not E.T. or Mac and Me, I kind of would have rather seen <laughs> E.T. versus Mac and Me, to be totally honest. The, this was, at least conceptually, the most logical place to go. And I say that more so with Alien. By the time this movie came around, I was thinking to myself when I did eventually watch all those movies, the only place you have left to go is to bring the Xenomorphs to Earth however you choose to do it. And tying them into Predator, I'm like, okay, I've seen dumber crossovers. Hell, the year before this, we had Freddy fight Jason. And we've had King Kong versus Godzilla. We've had the Universal Monsters crossover. So there was a precedent to do this. I don't think this was so out of this world, no pun intended, that people would not be interested. Because both franchises do have a pretty devoted fan base, and they're they're pretty long Longevity is pretty good considering both these franchises started in the 70s and 80s, but I didn't see this until far, far after its theatrical release. Mm. Wow, quite a build-up there.
1: Before I go to Adam, because I know Adam has quite a history with this uh, comic and franchise Uh, i just want to go over what matt kind of touched on here why are we taking this route why didn't we go with predator one predator two then do predators and then do this these two movies and then go into the last predator movie and before we get into prey reason being is it was my decision and i made this decision because i did cover alien years ago on binge with jack and alex in preparation for for Covenant, which was landed on uh, Adam's top of list that year. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe one day I'll do those with those these two gents and I would love to hear the, the rants. But I, I did it in preparation for that. And when we got to these two movies, it got to the point where those two just... They got the two who were on there, and they were fun shows, but they decided that, you know, it's like, ah, oh, these are just two pieces of shit, and I don't want to get into it, and I didn't want to watch it. So it's one another one of those shows where I did a lot of the viewing and took a lot of the notes, and nobody else had really seen the movie. And everybody who knows our retrospective format, we like to lead up to something, and I didn't want to just do Prey out of nowhere. So what I decided to do was I, I wanted to take these two movies, build it up do them proper, do them the exact way that our retrospective format permits us to before we get to pray. And for anybody who wants to know our exact thoughts on the previous Predator movies, go back and listen to uh, the shows that me and uh, Matt did with Alex from Binge. They were actually very fun shows. I, I'm very proud of those shows. But the one set of shows I was not proud of in between Alien and Predator was the Alien versus Predator franchise. So that's why we're doing these two movies in the lead-up to Prey, which is going to be released on Hulu. All right, Mr. Bunch, you were a collector of these comics, correct?
4: I was. My paper route money back in the day went to buy these off the shelf. remember walking into Cards and Comics in uh, in Oakley, California. Oh, wow. And Yeah, and I can't remember if they were already a wall book, just because I remember the owner of that shop taught, teaching me what a variant was at 11 years old, so I have more than one version of number one. In fact, I think it was also my first Mike Mignola cover because I think I bought number zero. Uh, But this was a series, yeah, I bought the comics because as a kid, my father loves Alien. uh, Loves that movie. Um, Alien, the franchise, I mean, he's just he grew up teaching me the sweet beauty of Sigourney Weaver. (laughs) And Predator was a movie that was on, you know, at that time, absolutely loved it. Um, So finding the comics in a shop at the same time that I was looking for Wolverine and X-Men and that kind of stuff, it was just a, oh, man, this looks awesome. And you actually still have that four-issue miniseries to this day uh, from Dark Horse, along with a bunch of other Predator series that I bought. I think the only Aliens that I bought comic-wise, and still have a bunch of those, no pun intended, was Batman vs. Alien, Batman vs. Predator as well, and they came to Gotham, or he left to go get him. So it's been a, on the four-color page characters that I have followed for a long time, as well as uh, the movie versions.
1: Man, so out of those comics, like, how were the Batman versus Predator comics? Were those good?
4: They're fun, they're enjoyable, they're drawn really well, and... You know, when you have somebody that likes to fight in shadows and things like that, and you see the shape of the Xenomorph start to peek out from behind Batman, it's really cool. You know, there's, there's some great stuff there. Unfortunately, with there, there was like a last-minute rush printing of some right before Disney pulled all the licensing hmm. away from Dark Horse, because Dark Horse had been making um, a lot of licensed comics for a very long time. And not only did Marvel pull them to start making their own, and there's the new Alien comics, specifically uh, done by Marvel, are pretty damn well, but they forced Dark Horse to also stop any publication or reprinting of the works they'd already made, so if you got a copy of it, man, they've gone in value drastically the last two years or so, but they're pretty dang enjoyable reads.
3: And I should say for the record, I've never read any of the crossover comics or, or anything like that. But as someone who on the thing shows talked about the dark horse comic, that was the sequel to Carpenter's movie. That has me curious enough to to go check them out eventually. But a lot of the, the crossover comics I've read in my lifetime haven't been great. Like I read Robocop versus Terminator. I read Uh, those are uh, bad. Yeah. That was bad. And I mean, look, Comics, you could do anything. Like, we had Archie Bucker meet the Punisher, for God's sake. <laughs> oh.
4: We have Archie vs. Predator, and I have those series as well. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah, and for those who don't know, those who didn't listen to the Alien shows, I am uh, a lot like a- Adam's dad in that I also love, love, love the Alien franchise. More in concept than in actual execution. You know, there there are a few of those movies that are one or two that are like, eh, okay, I could go either way with them. But I just that first movie has such a pervy, weird feel to it that it, mm-hmm. it's it's one of the most graceful horror films ever made. And I will stick up for it. It is in my top five favorite movies ever. Like I just love that film to pieces. Aliens, I have A weird affinity for. I I do enjoy it, but it's weird to me that they turned that franchise into such an action franchise. You know, I loved it more when it was in its suspense realm. And then Alien 3, I thought was an interesting experiment, gone pretty wrong. And uh, Resurrection, well, you had Winona, but other than that, there wasn't much for me (laughs) to love about that particular movie. But the concept of this creature has always fascinated me to pieces, and anything I I read on it as a kid, I would— devour except for these comics i did read the first series i did read the series that had the i guess they call her the uh asian ripley i guess adam am i correct
4: in that yeah kind of who you know they put her in there yeah um mashiko makiko yeah i do how you want to pronounce uh-huh. it yeah i mean she was i mean and it's i mean almost any version of it you're not going to do alien without a female protagonist period mm-hmm. we still see that to this day in lesser versions, and something like Alien Covenant. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, almost take me for you're not going to do Alien without a strong female. Yeah. But the creature that we're leading up to, Predator,
1: I have an affinity for those movies too. I do have a, a huge, huge love for that first film. The second one, it was okay. And then I, I honestly I know Adam has an affinity for uh, predators. I don't like that movie at all. The Predator. I watched it twice for that review, and I have not revisited it since. That's how memorable that movie was. But <laughs> let's uh, let's get into this movie we're going to talk about today. Whoever wins, we lose. That was the, that was the the promo leading up to this. Uh, Sounds like our election system. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, when they did Predator 2 and they had that bone of the alien up on the ship that we talked about so much on yeah. that show. Matt. That was actually after the comics had already started. The comics had already started, I believe, in '89. Isn't that right, Adam?
4: Yeah, they got published in '80. 80, yeah, '89 is when uh-huh. they started getting published.
1: Yeah, and that movie came out in 90. And, you know, it was really just a one-off by Stan Winston. He was like, you know what? I have a couple of these skulls just hanging around the, the shop. I'm just going to put this up on this wall. And my God, did it call, cause a whole thing. I remember even back then, like before internet, before anything, that was a talk to the playground. Oh, my God, did you see that skull, the alien skull up there? And then some people would say, no, I didn't see it. And we would rent it just to see it. Just yep. It was such a build up, And it started from there. It went through a t- ton of drafts they went to sicorny weaver (laughs) sicorny weaver said uh no (laughs) she was like (laughs) she it was funny because she said this is the reason why i wanted to be killed in alien 3 was because i didn't want any piece of that because according to her she thinks it would dumb down the franchise we'll get to whether that's possible or not
4: she hasn't seen resurrections in a while
3: (laughs) (laughs) i like resurrection but i am sort of the opposite of Garrett. I like Alien, but I love Aliens. That's in my top ten. You know what? And that is a movie that, if you ask me to teach like five movies as a screenwriter, that would be one of the examples I use.
1: You know what? We already have next year's schedule set, but 2024, you guys are mine. We're going to do that series. I, it, it's been set in stone because I think those would be just crazy. Well, it'll be the
3: it'll be the 35 year anniversary of yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs> he knows fucking all these anniversaries. So it went through a ton of drafts. Now. When this thing finally got done, it was picked up by Paul W. S. Anderson. Now, Matt has let his feelings on Paul W. S. Anderson known. I think Mortal Kombat's okay. Resident Evil I'm also planning to do sometime in the next few years. But I know one guy on this podcast really enjoys those films and Mr. Bunch, you, you really enjoy those films, don't you? I de
4: Yeah, technically I guess you can say films because plural I will watch. But I cannot say, especially by the end of that series, that I enjoy them anymore. (laughs) But, you know, but I have an affinity for that first Resident Evil. And, in fact, I think we're going to amazingly talk about how much he rips off what he did there for this movie.
3: Oh, my God, does he?
4: Yep. And then I think it's the third one, you know, I felt breathed a little bit of new life into it. But by the end of those movies, oh, man, it's pretty damn abysmal. But he did some other stuff that I like. Event Horizon, though Matt gave his feelings known on it. I mean, that movie has got a big following in certain circles. But for me, it's Soldier, which I always felt was really overlooked. I like the use of Kurt Russell in that movie. And that's one that I just always, I don't know, there was a different type of movie that I enjoyed. But overall, I mean, Paul W.S. Anderson, best thing he did in his life was what? Marrying Mia Jovovich? But, man... I don't know how she puts up. No kidding, she's got so many kids, because he puts up as much shit as they do. This guy will take whatever's thrown at him, and I guess he's got a lot of bills to pay in other countries, because he's put up some dreck, some absolute dreck.
3: That's it's crazy. also very telling, Adam, that the third Resident Evil movie is one of the ones he did not direct.
4: Yeah, good call. Yeah, yeah then uh, he came the back thir- to it when nobody else
3: would hire him for shit. Yeah, he came back for four through six, and, and those, like Adam said, those movies... Granted, they, they never started off as being faithful to the games, but as it progressed, they became more and more just techno dance videos mixed with, yeah. here's this thing from the games that you recognize, even though we've never established a nine-foot-tall guy with an axe, we're going to have <laughs> him just show up to be the final boss fight. It's Those movies are bad, but I will give the man this. The last one he did is one of the most incomprehensibly edited movies you will ever see.
4: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. I was excited they gave that one final chapter. And three minutes in, I started having a seizure. Quantum of Solace looks at that movie and says, Holy fuck, slow down your editing.
1: <laughs> Adam, did you see this in theaters? Alien vs. Predator.
4: I did. I was as excited as could be. I mean, the trailers were pretty damn interesting mm-hmm. and exciting. It had some good iconography. The looks... Um The things that they showed, oh, damn right, I was excited this could be. Alien versus Predator? Hell yeah, what could go wrong? I mean, this is two, you know, these were two franchises that have really worn out their welcome by that point. You know, so bring them together and get some excitement. I know at this point it's really, you know, the thing to bitch about PG-13. I don't even know if I knew that it was PG-13 going in, but it didn't bother me then. And to be honest, it doesn't bother me now either. I don't have to have, well... As we're going to talk about next week, just throwing an R rating on it doesn't make it better, and throwing gore doesn't make it work. So
3: that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think the the, the fact that this movie's PG thirteen is the least of this movie's problems. I've said for the, the longest of times, on principle, I don't like PG thirteen. I'm of the mindset that a movie should be family accessible or not. I think the idea of having a middle ground is kind of ridiculous. And I've seen a lot of movies we've talked about, Garrett, over the years that w- received a PG-13 moniker, but should have been R. Like something like The Dark Knight, I think, really, really should have been R-rated because it, it's of how sophisticated it is and, and the themes it deals with. We, we apply it so exclusively to what you see between gore and explicit sex. But if a movie has very mature that are above a kid's head, we don't we don't bat an eye and just and just make it PG-13 by default.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, next year, boys, we'll be talking about
1: the movie that pretty much started the PG-13 movement and PG-13 rating. That would be one of the indie films, which we'll dive into that. But about this time next year, when the, that movie starts coming out.
3: Um, Indiana Jones fight a predator? The <laughs> <pick> a
1: <laughs> I remember the uproar war over this. I was knee-deep in internet sites at this time. There was a whole thing, and I was a part of it. It's not necessarily the gore that I rebelled against. What I rebelled against when it came to this is, when it comes to these two franchises, you need the danger of that actually happening and, and something that will be visceral enough to just turn away from and when you walk in with a pg-13 rating done strictly for studio money-making reasons by the way even though this fucking thing was made on the cheap it really bugged me to the point where it's just like okay how much are you gonna dumb down this franchise just to make an extra damn dollar so i i definitely do think we'll find well, we feel it and i'll point out times when we do as we get into the film. One person who wasn't too harsh against this film was a guy by the name of James Cameron.
4: James Cameron has given his approval to a lot of pieces of crap, though. (laughs) It's for some reason to keep his name in the press. He praised this as the third best Alien film when it was released.
3: (laughs)
0: Like, we shouldn't... That should not be a bar
3: of quality. Like... (laughs) That's like yeah. that's like when I say it's the third best Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Or, or that's like that's like saying the luckiest guy on Death Row.
1: <laughs> I also was did go see this, however. I went the first weekend, I took my brother who was twelve at that time, and we definitely had thoughts, which we'll get into as we get into the film. Speaking of which boys, what do you say? We just dive right in. <laughs> This is perhaps one of my shortest plot summaries ever, just to give you guys a heads up, because there's not too much to talk about when it comes to this one. We start off with a view of the Queen, or at least we think it is. It's actually a satellite moving around Earth, sending down signals and data streams to the Nebraska hub. So, right away, Anderson is trying to tease us, right, boys? And he does this a lot throughout the course of this film. Now, did you guys also see the PG-13 version of this, or did you guys see the unrated version? Because I watched both. I watched...
3: I watched the theatrical version. I had the option to watch both because I have the double feature on Blu ray. Mm-hmm. But when we do these, I always try to do the, the-, the theatrical release. But let me ask the question is, I know it's an unrated cut. Is it longer? By
1: a c- couple minutes. It's not that much longer. There's like a few little tiny extra scenes of violence that they put in just because of the uproar over this when it was released. But there's not much. And there's a little bit of a different beginning where we kind of give more of a backstory of what's going on. But other than that, there's there's nothing. What about you, Adam? You watched
4: The Theatrical as well, correct? I watched The Theatrical. I have my discs somewhere. Couldn't find them, uh, so I fired up my Voodoo. And on that one, it's just The Theatrical that I have already purchased, so I went ahead and just ran with that Yep, theatrical version. All right. We cut to Ripley.
1: Oh, wait. I'm sorry. The girl they want us to believe is a heroine (laughs) worthy of Ripley's status. (laughs) Sanaa Latham, she's climbing up Nepal and then answers a cell phone while climbing the mountain. Because there's no danger of you falling, you dumb bitch. I hate this chick so fucking much. It starts right off here. This chick, Alexa, they try making her tough. She is fucking terrible. We're going to talk about her again in a couple of years when we get to Blade. And she annoys me then, too. Here she is just unworthy of this fucking movie.
3: What do you guys think of our lead actress here? So we talked about how movies... This movie's kind of a remake of Resident Evil in certain regards. They stole this from Mission Impossible too. Oh, damn. yeah, That's true. Where, like Because right. that also involves your your main character scaling a mountain and ultimately answering a cell phone through glasses. But I think... This is the most blatant attempt, and and it's, look, the alien franchise, like Adam mentioned, they, they use female heroism as a crutch to get brownie points from particular groups. Just because you have a woman holding a gun and or is an alpha personality doesn't make them an interesting character. I find her line readings in this movie to be so stilted. I thought George Lucas directed some of these scenes, (laughs) and I like I like Sonalathan, and I love Love and Basketball. Yeah, I I I think she's fine in Blade. She doesn't annoy me like she she bothers you, but this making this your lead character was right off the bat putting this movie behind the eight ball.
4: Yeah, I go with it. I don't like her, but I also don't hate her. Like she actually doesn't she doesn't move me drastically one way or the other. But it's not somebody that I'm upset with. Yeah, not at all. Now the person who's giving her a phone call is amazing because I do think we suddenly slip right back into a Resident Evil movie thirty seconds in because <laughs> he just brings back who he knows. But it's yeah. Uh, eh. Here, I'm not bothered by her whatsoever. I'm not surprised either. You know, like they also don't wait. You know, like the Alien movies, we don't wait 30 minutes to find out that a female is our is our protagonist. Well, I wouldn't even call her protagonist or antagonist. She's the lead human character. But I guess we got to have somebody lead the way.
1: Well, one of the beauties of that first Alien film, not to get into an alien rant here, is that you don't know who the protagonist is until you're about an hour in. And here, oh, agreed. And here, by telling us right away that this is going to be the chick that you're going to want to lead this pack, I, I
4: you you have to see what they're trying to do
1: here.
0: Yeah,
4: but to me, it's it's not about humans. This is a Godzilla v Kong. The humans are the least uh, I could give two shits about the humans on this mission. Boy, they want us to though. We're
1: <laughs> we're hearing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, uh, we're hearing someone on the other end say, "Waylon would like to meet up with you." And then she climbs the mountain and sees the guy on the uh, top of the mountain, and oh boy. We cut to Mexico, where Sebastian is looking for a burial chamber, and he's also drafted, for a lack of a better word, to be on this excursion. And Ugh. then we, yeah, this guy. Oh, my, do I have things to say about this guy? We, oh, you mean the
3: guy who literally, he
1: has the script in his back pocket? Yes! explain everything to Oh, you? my God, yes.
4: Captain <laughs> Exposition?
1: Holy shit. Those exact terms are right in these notes as we get further.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. And this, to me... We we talk about how this movie tr- tried to capitalize on a lot of other films. To me, this is the the bastard child, uh, also of the the Steven Summers Mummy franchise because okay. you're you, the way they introduce all these characters. You you have them together. Hell, you put them on a boat for five minutes, which they do in the first Mummy movie. But say what you want about that movie being dumb or or absurd, which both those things are true. Brandy Fraser is very charming, and there's no one in this movie that, that can capture that level. And she's basically the Miranda Fraser standard. She's the guide. And is also sort of the, you know, the one who gets all the, the most screen time. But the rapid fire way that this movie is jumping locations is not endearing me to anything. It's just showing, all right, you have money to do some exterior shots. But I also hate when they say, typing in text, here's here's your location. Because they don't matter. Like, what's the point of showing me all these places?
1: We cut to Antarctica, speaking of places, with a bunch of mumbo-jumbo involving this crew just getting to know each other. And when they land, they talk about where they're going. It involves three pyramids and the heat wave generated underneath the Earth, which may or may not involve three cultures. Now, all of this is being told to us by Lance Henriksen. Now, Anderson wasn't dumb. He knew pandering to the aliens' crowd would give it at least a little bit of credibility, which would explain the casting of Henriksen here. And for people who don't know, I actually worked with Henriksen on a couple films way back when. And I got to have a few really nice conversations with the guy. He's a very charming, very funny guy. And (laughs) I talked to him, of course, a ton about Aliens because, of course, I did. But then I I asked him about this movie and and his response to (laughs) – I asked him why he did it. Because he was going through a divorce at the time and this was the period of his life that he was taking, as he called, alimony movies. (laughs) (laughs) And this paid a big portion of his divorce. I don't know. He seems very bored, though, as I see him go through this movie. What do you guys feel about Lance Hendrickson in this?
4: He's not the worst old man that we would see in the Alien franchise that would come later. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I just, the only thing I try to decide, you know, when it shows up is, is it a nice homage to just Wayland or is it pandering? Well, it's obviously pandering, but is it dumb pandering? Eh, showing a Wayland. I mean, it would almost make sense that you know, we would have an android, you know, bishop that would be created in his image. Um, that's taken to complete heights later in Prometheus. But it's, eh, it,
3: uh, Did someone forget to turn on Bishop's on switch when they started rolling? Because <laughs> his eyes are glazed over yeah. through this entire production. And for a, for a guy that has, you know, he definitely has screen presence, but... You know, this is definitely an alimony movie because he cashed the check and phoned out as soon as he left the bank. Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) He most certainly did. Tail lights on Hendrickson. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And he'll be the first to tell you that, too. They're being told that they are going 2,000 feet below the ice. And according to Waylon, this is worth the risk. But uh, Alexa, she walks away as she's trying to warn them that if they rush this job, they will die. Again, all of this stuff they would have given Ripley to say, they're trying to push this chick as the Ripley of this story.
3: Well, it's the same genesis as Aliens. Yes, we need you exactly. To, you know, you're, you're, Lance Hendrickson is basically Paul Reiser to a certain extent, where he's the Wayland representative. The difference is he runs the entire corporation. But the, the way that this movie is set up is following a template that has already been done to a T. So the fact that you're imitating it is immediately going to make you inferior, because you're not... Unlike Aliens, they don't flesh out any of these characters. They are all interchangeable. None of them have any personality. None of them have any... They're defined by their accent. That's basically it.
4: They went to the United Nations Diversity Staffing Room, picked a different person from each country in a different look, put them in a movie so we know it's worldly. And that is their characterization, Is as Matt said, their accent. And... Their hairstyle for one or two of them. That's it.
1: But don't forget the one with the Italian accent. He's got a bottle cap. <laughs> <laughs> There's some character, right?
3: I think Paul Cicero just rolled in his grave hearing you say that.
1: <laughs> Alexa is finally convinced, though, as she's not going to be the num- number two choice. We cut to Inside a Ship, and here's one of our title characters, the ones we are following on this mini retrospective, The Predator. As they make their way to Earth, we then cut back to Alexa, who is giving a Princess Leia-type
3: pep talk. <laughs> she, she's explaining the trench run. <laughs> <laughs>
4: now, it's, it's weird, because to me, the way that everything that they gave her is exactly everything that Sigourney Weaver demanded to yep. re-sign for aliens, but then also turned her back on. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah
4: i don't want this i don't want that don't want guns and then she said fucking and did it every anyway for the check i love that movie i love sigourney but let's be honest and this character does the exact same things you know why are you bringing guns by the end of it she uses a gun why are you doing this by the end of it she turns her back on it so it's i don't know knowing it now in hindsight it's laughable to me just how close that ties in
1: big difference when sigourney did it She got an oscar nomination this chick ain't Oops. even coming
3: close to an Oscar.
4: Sigourney Weaver is also a Sigourney fucking Weaver. Yeah, She's awesome. True. Yeah, that's true.
3: There's also the, the the inherent stupidity of calling out all the horror cliches of don't go anywhere by yourself. Don't be a hero. Yeah, yep. people do this multiple times in the movie.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this might as well be the couch scene from screen.
3: Yep. Yeah, like I, I half expected that to cut to Bradley Whitford from Cabin in the Woods being like, all right, here we go. <laughs>
1: And you would think this chick with the punk hair, she would have learned, but she did this very next thing the next year when she was in The Descent. I mean, it's not the same chick, but she sure as hell looks like her to me.
3: (laughs) I thought it was Sharon Stone from Catwoman. They have the same haircut.
1: That or uh, I thought of Sporty Spice, actually. We see Sebastian with the bottle cap that he apparently (laughs) brings for luck. And we're also seeing the team from up top as they fire flares, getting ready to go down. And faster than you can say Armageddon, they're moving through the ruins, boys. Uh, Because they
4: had no idea that this location had a whaling station there? (laughs) so fucking stupid. You get there and have no clue what... I mean, your satellite image picked up, you know, thermal imaging, which is strange because it was based on... Like, that little story is based on a real situation that happened. It's classified, which is always... I'll go into strange shit all the time. But your satellite doesn't see that there's a fucking whaling station on this exact same spot. Let me ask you this, Adam. You, the
1: one who was the big fan of the comics going into this, how much of this is in that comic? At least that – is this in any of those series that you read?
4: God, You know what? If it's in the later ones – I'm not sure, because they did Aliens versus Predator in a couple... There's, I want to say, 25 Aliens versus series that they oh, wow. did. Between single shots, one shots, and mini-series. But no, the in the comic, they're going to a planet that's colonized by us, and they're raising cattle to be sent off around the, the galaxy, around the unisolar system, whatever. So they're raising space cattle, essentially. What they don't know is the planet is also where Predators have set up aliens to go back and prove themselves in a hunt. Okay. So there's core elements that are there, but it's not on earth. There's not pyramids, there's not, you know, that kind of stuff, but it is where aliens set them here for them to grow up to, you know, they 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 got a queen, they got that, so they grow to be aliens, so they go hunt to prove themselves in their hunting hierarchy. You know, it hones to it, but it has nothing to do with it whatsoever other than a few things.
3: Mm. Was there a part in the comic book where they set it in Antarctica and said, John Carpenter, watch this. We love the thing, too. Oh, God. <laughs> well, obviously, Paul W.S.
1: Anderson likes Alien 3 because he put the symbol of the poster right there on the floor of of this pyramid as well. <laughs> Boy. I
3: imagine David Fincher just sitting in a theater and pulling his hair out, being like, i tried to forget about this. <laughs> I know. I've gone the therapy sessions over it. You think
1: Fitcher's seen this movie, really?
3: He's put out movies for Fox.
1: Yeah, he has, but... I mean, I guess, I mean, we've had Nolan say that he watches Fast and Furious movies, so who knows? Yeah,
3: which is amazing, because I didn't think Chris Nolan understands what fun means. <laughs> oh.
1: I'm going to call one thing out that Matt's already called out, but we got to talk about it. You know, one thing I hate about movies like this is, is just the exposition having been told through to us as they're going down. Like, you watch those two first Alien movies, and the dialogue explaining how they're feeling and what they're discovering just feels natural. One of the things I really rebel against when it comes to this movie is just how we have the Sebastian character just have running dialogue and he seems to know everything about where they're going. It's insultingly stupid to me to have a character like this just tell us everything and not discover it. Well, I already
3: joked about it when I said he's got the script in his back pocket. Yeah, But the thing that makes it, I guess, more bothersome than anything else is just because he's an archaeologist... Doesn't mean he's a linguist. They're not, they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and he knows all these multiple languages, which I guess if you've been doing this long enough, but all in all, for, for a guy who's never seen any of this shit, he can translate it perfectly. There's no issues as far as what he's saying being contradictory. Everything lines up perfectly. It's the worst example of delivering exposition because of hieroglyphs. Like, what I like about Stephen Summers the Mummy, which I'm going to compare this to a lot because I think they are kind of similar, is a lot of the exposition comes from Rachel Weiss, who is an Egyptian expert who works in a library. So she would know hieroglyphs better than anybody. And the only reason why Brendan Fraser knows everything is because he was actually there. So th- they they deliver it in a much better way than this, where it's just you have one guy who knows every single piece of information. And all these other people that they bring, they're really unnecessary because this guy knows everything. Why, why do you have a chemist there? Yeah. You have basically a team of mercenaries. You got a, you got a drilling team even though it's already been drilled as they find out. Yeah. Um and those guys should be like, "All right, fuck this, we're going home." Oh god, this this mo- like this movie Paul W. Sanders said not only is he, the, is he a bad director, he's also a terrible screenwriter.
1: Yeah, because we, uh, not to mention, it's also uh, ghostwritten. Well, there's a uh, rewrite done by the guy with that is going to write next week's movie as well, which should tell you some things. But, you know, there, there's just stupid shit like he's translating all this stuff That's written on the ground and everything. And all he has is a flare to look at, to use as light. That's how stupid this movie is. I can go with dumb fun. I really can. But when it's insulting like this, it just, it kind of pisses me off.
4: See, the tough part is like, it's got some decent ideas. Like the fact that, hey, this pyramid is a combination of pyramids from here, here, and here. I like that idea. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that playing into the where did pyramids come from because... As humans, you know, even thousands, you know, we can't do it today, more or less thousands of years ago. It's came from aliens, like that stuff. Good idea. However, Captain reads a lot. Egyptian is not fucking Colombian is Mm. not, I mean, it is not the same shit everywhere. And there's nobody at what 34 years old with this perfect fucking spray on beard who can translate every language just by a quick glimpse. Mm-hmm. um especially enough later on to tell us like a 10 minute story flashback of exactly what went on by looking at four characters so it's oh, oh man
3: yeah. it requires research you have to cross reference with previous discoveries there's a lot of yeah like cuz a lot of when the egyptians discovered like king tut's tomb and a lot of the the archaeological finds there they didn't translate those right away mm-hmm. most which is why all of them wound up dying for most of them. They didn't know the booby traps were there and all that kind of stuff.
4: I went to an exhibit of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and it's amazing because parts of that, they have three different translations depending on who's looking at them and what they mean. The only bright side is it keeps the film short (laughs) because we don't have to spell it out. You know, I mean, if anything else, I mean, the movie is, its runtime is shortened up by him espousing what we need to do the next dumb thing we're going to do. And as Matt said it, that comes into, hey, there was not a giant hole in the ice yesterday. However, it's there today, so let's go down it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing on Earth could make this hole. We look behind us and see that it clearly came from outer space. Let's go down the giant fucking snow slide. <laughs> yeah,
3: there, there's not enough white people in this movie for me to believe that they're this stupid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we get a jump scare involving a penguin. Yep. I just said that.
4: <laughs> now this this going through here, you, you could tell it's just to give a little bit. Because there's not been anything in the way of scares at this point. But walking through this snow village, this is when the thing really decides that it's going to be ripped off and make an appearance. Because that's what I feel like when he's going through these snow cover. So some of the technology, I'm like, okay, this is supposed to be built in 1904, and I'm looking at they didn't have a fucking giant water tank built. Yeah. Out of, like, I'm like oh, bullshit, that's, you know, almost, yeah, almost 200, yeah, 100 years old at that point. No, no, no. (laughs) They're getting ready
1: to go down, as so are the Predators, as we're seeing them get ready to go down as well. Waylon starts coughing, and we get just a ridiculous story about how Alexa's dad died after drinking champagne with her. Lots of storytelling using flares as they head further down, and they indeed find a pyramid. And we're getting more teases as the Queen is now waking up and getting unfrozen.
3: I dig uh, it. Speaking of Batman and Robin, I guess Mister
1: Freeze has it. You're digging this, huh? See, here's my problem when it comes to the Queen, and you know when it when she eventually escapes later. Why the fuck didn't she use one of her cronies to burn her chains off before? Why is she waiting for this expedition to do that? That's what killed me about this shit.
4: Did you just try to bring logic in the Alien versus Predator? I
1: did. I literally <laughs> did. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's what we do here, Adam.
4: We, <laughs> <I don't laughs> we know. dissect. To these fuckers. no, that's a good point. To me, it's just because everything went wrong for the xenomorphs and the predators by the the introduction of the humans being a part of this, the taking of their weapons, them being in this Rube Goldberg pyramid, you know, sliding around this lament configuration. Pyramid. it's mm. everything just went off the rails, much like the Anderson script.
3: It's also this is the hive from the first Resident Evil movie where it's got it's yep. movie trapped and there's a character who's also in Resident Evil who dies in an almost identical way and even it, the look,
4: the like 3D viewing like
3: image. Yeah, that the they Predator do. vision when they have the there's like the model. It looks like when they showed them going down the hive in Resident Evil.
4: You might as well have a little girl pop up, you know, at the top of this pyramid and just say, You're all going to die down here.
3: Newt had other shit to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she was teaching kids around this time. We finally see a predator kill. And boy, oh boy, if I wasn't feeling the PG-13 before, these kills are just so fucking weak. To me, it's just insulting to call this either a predator or an alien film. There's nothing to this. And the stupid thing is, when they're hung, they're hung fully clothed. It's yeah. <laughs> It's retarded. Oh, my God. You know, and it's weird. I used to be one of the defenders of this film. I really was. When this movie had come out and there was a backlash against it, I was like, you know what? I can go with this. There are things about this movie I, you know what? I could put everything aside and enjoy it for what it is. But as the years have gone by and I've done these reviews for this, these films, the more I watch them, and I haven't watched this since I reviewed it last time, but man, oh man, am I just fucking feeling just the stupidity just leap off the screen.
3: It's also not in line with what we've seen the Predators do in the past. Like when they kill Hawkins in the first Predator movie, he's practically naked and he's already gutted yeah. when they when they find the body. So I understand like crossover movies. You have to adhere to the precedent set up by your previous movies. I think Freddy vs. Jason, as as dumb as that movie is, there, there's a through line with the original movies. Now part of that is Freddy's mythology kept changing all the fucking time as did Jason's. So they had more of a past to be as loose as they were. But it, it, for the internal logic that movie presents, it, it works very well. And that movie's fun. Yeah. This movie's not fun mm-hmm. at
0: all.
3: All in all, it's just... This movie is as sanitized and just mundane as a student film. There's no edge to this movie at all.
4: Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that there. I was waiting for these people on the surface to get killed, so... The quicker the better, uh, but I guess it, it's funny to think of it, you know Anderson directed Mortal Kombat because there was Mortal Kombat versions of the games that came out where suddenly they weren't bleeding, they were sweating as they were getting hit, oh, and you had Jesus. to put it, and you had to put in a cheat code to get the blood to show up, and that kind of feels like what we're getting cheated up here, you know, if you think about it
3: <laughs> this is the Super Nintendo of aliens. Of <laughs> <Dragon> <laughs> <and Richards. laughs>
4: You know, but I also look at these aren't, you know, it's tough because it's not spelled out to us. But I know that these are, for lack of a better term, predators in training. They have to go through certain rituals to get certain statuses and everything else. So I have a way to excuse it. But I also don't care about these humans on the surface. I want to get into the pyramid and see Xenomorphs and predators get it on. Mm.
3: This movie is so stupid that they might as well be wearing shirts that say Pledge on it. (laughs) (laughs) We see a spear
1: hit somebody, but to shield the violence, Anderson's cutting to multiple firing guns and, of course, hanging bodies. We cut to the inside of the pyramid, and we are once again getting Exposition 101 from Sebastian, (laughs) who just knows everything about this sacrificial chamber, and they find a body where something hatched from, and then we cut to the queen hatching eggs of her
4: own. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the depositing of the egg. Like, it's creepy and horrible, and but to me it's kind of just disgusting enough to fit right in. Like, yeah. I dig seeing it.
1: I love seeing the Queen, don't get me wrong.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that it's an animatronic. They, they could have yes. easily... Yeah. They make it fully CG later, but there is some actual puppetry craft in this, and they could have just as easily done this entirely as two CGI blobs. Like, this could have been Angley's Hulk, where you can't tell what the hell is happening. Well, to be fair, you can't do it in this movie, but that's for other reasons.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a movie built and filmed in, what, Prague or Belarus, mm-hmm. I appreciate the look of the sets. I mean, they keep it minimal as they can because we're in a pyramid, so there's a good way to cheat. But I think they found a way to do it and to give us some of it. I mean, even the layout of the sacrificial chamber, the way the beds or the sacrifice, whatever, are laid out, look just like the sleeping pods of the Nostromo. So, I mean, there's little things that I can go along with here.
1: That's more than I'm going with at this point. (laughs) We see another neutered predator kill as we cut to the crew discovering the Aztec calendar. But they don't (laughs) find Moses' DVD collection. (laughs) I hated that line. But a collection of predator weapons, and as soon as they reach for them, the predators are alerted and they end up being trapped with eggs popping up ready to be hatched. The eggs do hatch, and we get the moment I knew there was zero turning back from. Okay, <laughs> you know, at this point when I was watching this initially, I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. Okay, I didn't even think about the exposition guy, like as I mentioned earlier. I didn't think about Sebastian. I'm like, okay, we're, I'm going along with this just because I'm having fun. When these fucking face huggers fly in bullet time slow motion, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. This is fucking stupid.
4: <laughs> oh boy! Depending Just... depending on the year I watched this movie, mm-hmm. I like or loathe this scene of them flying through the air. <laughs> I mean, what? <one, laughs> it's amazing because this was the selling point, really, in the trailers, also. You know, it was the whoever wins, yeah. we lose, and then it was that. Where are we? Sacrificial chamber. It was sold up that moment. So this is a. Oh my god! Type of moment for it. I'm always down to see a face hugger though, and that quick little glimpse of scene on scene of the. I can't believe how vaginal and penile they were able to keep these things looking and keep that you know rating because wow, oh. the bullet time being so close to you know oh, the problem is you had a matrix sequel that ruined the shit, but I. Don't hate these things, fucking launching themselves at people.
1: Well, you mentioned the perverse nature of this. You know, the thing I always loved about the alien concept, as I mentioned before, it was just bizarre and it was perverse. It was a shape that just had this odd type of grace to it. And the biggest insult this movie pulls to me was to take away that aspect of these creatures and just make them into pesky fighters, like almost like they're cockroaches, which to be fair, James Cameron did do that as well. But there was something very ominous about them. Here, they're just the subtlety of of all of it is just wiped out.
4: Oh, yeah, no, there's no subtlety. It's a PG-13 action movie at this point. It's putting your toys together and saying smash, smash, smash.
3: Yeah, good point. This scene is a great microcosm for the entire movie, and I'm going to explain it why. They tease you, because I like the part where the xenomorph comes out of nowhere and just stabs the predator. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. But then the rest of the fights Mm -hmm. are so bloodless, and the choreography, it's like professional wrestling when, when when you get down to it. It, it, it reminded me a lot of, speaking of Blade, it's like Blade 2, where they went from really extensive fight choreography to, oh, we're going to mix CGI with pro wrestling style moves. Like, he gives a vampire a suplex, for Christ's sake. They kind of do that in this movie, like, later on when he swings the xenomorph by the, ta- by the tail. I start checking out immediately because I <laughs> feel like I get teased when the, pre- when the alien actually shows up. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. They use stealth, but then it just gets mindlessly stupid. Sporty
1: Spice gets taken out by a chestburster, <clears throat> and the Predators they once again attack. And this reminds me of the type of action that Anderson would eventually bring, as you guys mentioned, to the Resident Evil franchise. Like, it, it's not even interesting to me. Like this, this action that they're doing here. Adam, you're saying you're getting into these action scenes a little bit? Is I it because did. is it because you're waited so long for these for this these things to show up, and now you're like, oh yeah, fuck, let's go? Oh,
4: it's it's punchy, punchy, fighty, fighty. I mean, that's what it is to me. If, is this in any way? The thrill and anticipation, more or less, action that we get in Aliens? Uh, No. Is it got the horror elements that we have and creepiness in Alien? Not, you know, whatsoever. But it's also not as insulting as some of the Alien 3 scenes get to be. So to watch some of these things happen, you know, I like seeing the alien crawl out of these little crevices in the pyramid. I wish we got a little more of that. I wish we got to see them use these labyrinths inside more to their advantage but it's also like we see aliens kill predators and holy shit there was no way that was going to happen so i like that we actually get to see some of them taken out by the xenomorphs Hmm. because all we've ever seen xenomorphs do is okay great they could kill humans well whatever we're flesh bags you know but i do like seeing them take some of them out i like some of the you know i'm always down to see a predator's weapon you know the, the glaive Predator thing nice. that we see in this gets overused like a motherfucker because <laughs> it seems like that's the one that they must have built twenty of because he shoots that thing over and over and over mm-hmm. and over. You know, I mean, you know, Anderson does, but I, I like seeing them fight each other. Um, as stupid as some of it is.
1: Well, we are seeing the shoulder cannon. You know that the Predators use. You know, we this being a Predator show, we haven't really mentioned much about the Predator, but l- let's get into them a little bit. I mean, this is also the first time we haven't seen Kevin Pager Hall in the Predator outfit. We're getting a mm-hmm. whole whole new set of people here. You know, I, I think the Predators. I think they do fine. Like, I I, th- I do like the gadgets that they use. What I don't like about it is the use of the gadgets. It's 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 how they're used. Because again, we don't have any danger of any big violence being caused by these guys. So you know, we're just going to get a bunch of slime
4: as the result of it,
1: and uh, and a bunch of acid yeah. and it doesn't work for me
4: we don't get any collateral damage either from them yeah you exactly. know and I, w- I wish we do had <laughs> i wish we had some of the you know directly going after xenomorphs where humans are just caught in the crossfire and they're not really you know they're taken out by one or the other but if these two are at war with each other or, you know hunting each other humans really should just be land of the slaughter caught up in crossfire caught up in acid just eating away and accidental deaths really should be the norm going on here.
3: So much of this movie screams of untapped potential, or or squandered potential, I should say. That's a a more appropriate term. Because all of these fight scenes lack creativity. The most you get is the the Predator weaponry, which is a holdover from the other movies. I do like this the first time we're seeing multiple Predators in the same movie. The first two, it's just one, I believe. So what's also dumb is that the Predators can fight, as we see in the, the big CGI black tidal wave when they're on top of the pyramid, they can fight dozens of Xenomorphs, It's not hundreds, but all it takes is one Schwarzenegger to take down a Predator.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so in hindsight, it kind of makes them look kind of weak.
1: We get the assumption that the pyramid reconfigures every 10 minutes and we see someone just get trapped within the pyramid. And one big problem I'm having here, boys, also is, you know, we never know exactly where we are. The geography of this movie
4: just seems way off.
1: So many parts of this pyramid are closing, opening, closing, opening. Like, I don't know where they are.
4: No, and to me, that seems a a direct way to hide that, you Mm -hmm. know, that you don't have to worry about continuity of placement because everything shifts. So fuck it. At one point, they're going to escape the pyramid by going down. Yeah. you know That's
3: that's not how it works.
4: (laughs) Um, So it's just, yeah, continuity person, what's that? You know, everything shifts.
3: You also have no idea where everyone gets transported to. It's like, we know there's a sacrificial chamber. We know there's the, I guess, the sub-basements and the floors keep. Like, this place has more hidden traps than a Scooby-Doo haunted house. (laughs) Um... (laughs) It is reasonable. But the only thing they're missing is they, they should have to discover oddly shaped keys to go into different <laughs> rooms, or just find a green plant and put it in your pocket to prevent burns from the aliens. <laughs>
4: someone smokes in green herb. But they're right. <laughs> and somewhere in this pyramid, there's also the—you know—the queen. Like somewhere in this, yeah. There as well. More predator gadgets are seen as someone is trapped in a net. This is the second time. Homeboy got sliced up into squares. it's the exact same thing that happened in the hallway of Resident Evil by the lasers. And he gets cut the exact same way by the The fucking Same guy? Oh, that's same dude. That's funny. He's the one that leads the expedition down into the hive. Yeah, yeah.
3: Because also uh, M's secretary or point of contact in the Brosnan films. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah,
4: step stepdad in Arrow. He's a whole lot of like I like him as an act. You know. He's got a good presence. He's you know always good to see, but, man. It's That's
3: funny. Exactly. Yeah, bro, the brother can't catch a break.
4: No.
1: So Alexa is kicked against the wall before she's saved by an alien. And then we get the big dumb rumble that we've been waiting for, boys. We get a shot straight from the trailer and a big slimy, well, is this fun? Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier, I mean, when the humans were fighting – it wasn't exactly that much fun. What about when those big guys start fighting? When these two creatures finally lock up, what are we, about 50 minutes to an hour in, is it? Is it at least a little bit of fun for you, Matt?
3: No, because this movie is so... For, for a movie about xenomorphs, it's toothless. And it's also not shot creatively. Everything's gray. Mm. The walls are gray. The alien is black. The predator's mm-hmm. gray and black. There's no contrast. It, it's just uninteresting. And it's overly choreographed. Like, it looks like a really bad pro wrestling match where guys in suits, it's like the Mantar having to fight. Oh, God. Just. I, fuck, fuck these scenes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Adam,
1: are you having a little bit more fun than Matt is over here?
4: Having a little bit more fun, but he's not wrong that it looks like a poorly choreographed wrestling match. And that's my thought. This is Hercules Hernandez throwing oh, somebody around the ring. He's big, but he's also <laughs> lumbering around with a. <laughs> He's lumbering around with a chain around his neck and really has no <laughs> wrestling talent.
0: So
4: they also don't so you're welcome
3: of the xenomorph's quickness which should be yeah its biggest advantage against the predator. It yeah. Like it it just stands there and tries to go blow for blow. I never get the sense that the predators are actually hunting the aliens. It's just oh we're in the same room I'm going to beat the shit out of you.
1: I'm going to give a little bit of a compliment. A compliment alert boys. I mean we've been doing a lot of shitting on this movie which it rightfully deserves but i did like if there's this <laughs> call to compliment i did like how the predator cut off the alien's legs and then swung it like a bat i thought that was actually kind of a cool little move that it did but then when we see the alien use their blood as a fucking weapon As someone who, again, loves the Alien franchise to pieces, this was another thing that was insulting to me. The Alien blood was never used as a weapon. It was the downfall and danger of when you killed them that you experienced it. And here they're like, they're swinging their tail or something, and and they're swinging their head, and here comes the blood, the acid blood just coming at you. That was stupid.
3: Yeah, it's Tajiri's green mist. (laughs) Oh, God, let's bring more (laughs) wrestling into this. But that's what this is. You're right, you're right. To, to use another wrestling analogy, this is the equivalent of just... There's no angle, or you have a feud that's ongoing. <laughs> and this is your big blow-off, and the guys get in the ring and just have no chemistry with each other.
1: It is um, it is it is fitting that you and I are recording our first wrestling podcast right after this
3: <laughs> like is done. Like, this movie should be... Mm. Say what you want about something like the early Godzilla vs. King Kong, where it's just guys in suits. Mm-hmm. Those have more limitations, but at the same time they're more creative with the stuff that they do. Like, they'll still have Godzilla use his fire breath, yeah, and, and King Kong just being this giant brute. There's a better contrast. You would think these two would be more evenly matched, but by seeing the Predators fight the Xenomorph so easily, making it one-on-one is a joke.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, they because
3: yeah. Because
1: the alien is nothing but a serpent, right? It's a serpent and chaos. There's no real strategy when it comes to aliens and the predator, I mean they're they're meant to hunt. You know, yeah, I agree. I think the thing that the aliens, and this is what Cameron did so well in that in aliens is when it's powered by numbers, that's when it's like, holy shit, these things can fucking overcome us and and we do see that a little bit when we get into the backstory, which oh boy, can't wait to talk about that, but yeah, when they when they overcome you is when they they have their power, but here you're right, one on one, they're
4: nothing. It's funny in my note, like I had this exact scene going. And Garrett loves the alien. I bet he's going to be pissed at the alien throwing its own blood.
1: Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know?
4: and as a person that grew up with the Predator poster on my door, you know, seeing the weapons is what gets mm-hmm. me going. But yeah, no, you're right. It's it's got the it's got all the choreograph of somebody stepping in the room with Bill Gold in the ring with Bill Goldberg. You know, they didn't they didn't prepare for the match. They're just going to run around the ring for a few minutes and. I like the Predator throwing the alien around, but one-on-one, to Matt's point, there shouldn't be a contest whatsoever. Even as young and inexperienced as these Predators are supposed to be, you know what, I know that from other knowledge, so they don't provide that on the page or on the screen. But one-on-one, it should be a 10-second fight. I like that they decide that they're going to step outside, get creative with some of the uses, like throwing the acid, and later on when the Predator realizes that the acid doesn't eat itself, or eat its own, you know, exoskeleton. But all in all, it's a smash-up fight, and it moves on. And I think we need more of this, not less. Unfortunately, my ring's outside. Oh wait, that's
1: that's another <clears throat> franchise we'll be doing later different on this series. year. Yeah, <laughs> different series. We're seeing the acid blood intercut with the neon blood that the Predators possess. Waylon shoots a flare-induced flamethrower right at a Predator, even after he had he was shown compassion due to his health condition, and then he pays the price. See you later, Lance.
3: You're done. (sighs) You can pick up your check at the end of the pyramid. Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Coming back for reshoot? No, no. I'm going home. (laughs) In Santa Monica.
3: (laughs) My court date's in two weeks.
1: (laughs) We see the predator slice an alien head off, and it just gradually slides off.
4: I love the shot.
1: And then he, what, brands it? Is that what he does? It was kind of a cool shot.
3: I'll give it that. It's It's like a tally mark. This is
4: what this is. This is one of like four things they took from the comic where they would actually mark themselves after a completion of the kill as a way of acknowledging that they did it so they can move up in their hierarchy. So also when he does it to her and a little bit later, it's welcoming her into the tribe as well. But not only doing it, like the exact look of it is exactly he ripped off from that dark horse comic.
1: More annoying exposition as a facehugger clasp onto a predator. More on this later, boys. And then we're seeing the history of this battle.
4: Adam? Because this entire explanation of everything is a six inch line of hieroglyphs. I just wish Captain Expedis- Exposition could look at it and say, I've never seen hieroglyphs like this before, and I know everyone ever on this planet.
3: Sort of guys. The only Italians you guys have met are at Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) I took Italian
1: in college, sir. (laughs) I met quite a few Italians.
4: (laughs) Is he supposed to be Italian? I'm just hoping to insult everybody here.
3: (laughs) No, he's Italian. He's
4: Italian. Yeah. Okay.
1: Adam. Adam, go back. So this whole thing with this history of these of these two species—is this loyal, or this is the whole we're going to turn them into a bigger predator by? teaching them how to hunt right
4: yeah this is made up for this part oh it's made I up think for that, this okay yeah because the only part that is there is the aliens being here them helping build the pyramids on this planet this is for the movie now the predators harvesting or growing aliens for hunt to prove themselves as hunters and warriors yes that's the comic portion of it but predators being here building the pyramids, fostering technology, basically being the Eternals, Um, (laughs) and then walking away. That's something that they decided to put in here. And like I said at the beginning, creatively or in concept, not a bad idea. Captain Hare on fucking History Channels, whatever that alien Alien? show is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would love this shit. (laughs) But it's... Matt says squandered potential because it doesn't matter in the end. It's just a way to say, here, look at this pyramid, and we got a cool shot of it being swarmed. And it is a cool shot of it being swarmed. But then all it does is call back to Predator and look at this giant nuclear bomb that somehow Arnold Schwarzenegger survived by hiding under a fucking log.
3: Because he's Arnold.
4: Because he's Arnold. (laughs) No collateral damage.
3: Well, I mean, I guess, well, the Predator did want to bring about the end of days with that bomb. Oh, Jesus Christ. So <laughs> Literally, because the movie's about the Antichrist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alexa comes up with the idea of giving the Predators their guns back, and then the doors open. They're chased by an alien until they're having to do a massive jump. press yeah, X
3: make- at this point. <laughs> yeah. This is where it turns. Like this might as well be a Tomb Raider sequel at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. We're going.
1: We're going way silly here. Two notes down on my list. (laughs) (laughs) An alien finally does what I've been begging for, which is take out Mister Exposition. And then there was only one. She picks up a bottle cap and makes her way through the pyramid before being encountered by a predator. She puts down the guns before he's attacked by an alien. Now, Adam. Correct me if I'm wrong. The few of these that I read, they align themselves with a the human, right? If they prove worthy of it or how exactly does that
4: work? They do team up. I mean, team up. In, yep. in the comic, it does. It basically whittles itself down the same way where she's the human that's left. He's the predator that's left. And they save each other and then work together to kill the Xenomorphs together and get off.
3: Yep. I hate this trend in versus movies. There's always there's always one where it's the enemy of the enemy is my friend. Yep. Uh, they do, they do this in Freddy vs. Jason. Kong, the new Kong vs. Godzilla, they do it. Where the yep. movie is decidedly in King Kong, they're decidedly in King Kong's corner. Why can't they just fight? And we're caught in the crossfire. And we have to avoid both of them. I, I, this is one of those cliches in versus movies that I hate. Uh, hell, like, that may be Superman. I know we're, they're inevitably gonna team up. Hell, like, just do, like, I don't know, Free Willy vs. Flipper. And, and have them. <laughs> Jeez. You know, if people stuck in a boat, or do Leprechaun versus Chucky, <laughs> and have it be both parties just fighting and no humans.
1: Don't be giving like, them or, any or ideas. We're
3: gonna have humans. Don't have them pick a side.
4: <laughs> don't don't give them any ideas, please. I mean, this is Jaws versus Sharknado, and we decided with the Brody family went ahead and sided with Jaws to stop the Sharknado.
1: Oh, bring the Brodies into this.
4: <laughs> so
1: Alexa spears it down, and she starts. Taking out more who attack with his sniper gun, and then the Predator takes off the alien head. And I just love how how Alexa's like, "What are you doing?" And then she joins them. Like,
3: (laughs) this is uh, what's her name joining Leatherface? Yeah,
1: that's I thought of too. Yes, (laughs) get him, cuz or whatever she says. Yeah, get him. him, Yeah, get him, cuz. I
3: I half expect fucking Dom Tron to show up and be like, "Oh, she's Sam. He's the leader of the Predators."
1: More aliens are hatched as Bonnie and Predaclyde make their way through the cave.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she finds dead Sebastian and then argues with the Predator that she has to help him.
4: It's Sebastian. They basically okay. took the, the, the deleted Dallas scene from a yeah, alien. That's right, yeah, that's what I, yeah, yeah.
3: Or yep. they took the, the grenade scene with Paul Reiser. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that was also cut out. Mm-hmm.
1: Alexa ends up shooting him, and the Predator starts feeling sympathy for her. We cut to, wouldn't you know it, the queen escaping. And I already gave my rant on that earlier. The <laughs> predator shows Alexa the nuclear bomb on his wrist, and they run through the caves and are attacked by another alien. They even take a swipe at her, uttering the ugly motherfucker line before <sighs> she rescues him and the bomb goes off. This was, oh, God, I hated this. this is I the, also have
3: another question. This, this, is. I get the sense that there's far more Xenomorphs than they actually fight in this temple. Yes, because I'm pretty sure we they, we only see like three of them, but there's at least six chest bursters in that chamber uh, when the people get cut off. So I don't know if they they there's scenes on the cutting room floor or they didn't want to put more guys in suits. Whatever the case, the the aliens don't feel like a threat in this movie at all, and that's one of my my biggest critiques.
4: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, there's at least you know the number of eggs that we have, so there's at least that many. And mm-hmm. if we went and counted down, the only thing I could think of is the. God, they even named it. The Grid alien? The one that's got yeah, the oh, like yeah.
3: Names, like um, which, I will say, though, as a figure,
4: that thing is fucking cool looking. Oh, because sure they they made a statue of it. Because, uh, yeah. of course, they did.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: As I assumed that he killed whatever xenomorphs were left for those acid to eat through the bonds of the queen. That's what it looked like to me. But it's cut in such a way you can't tell.
1: Yeah,
3: this movie was edited by Edward Scissorhands. Yeah.
1: <laughs> They're sliding through the tunnel and outrunning the flames together as structures are crumbling around them. They escape though as he takes his helmet off and roars in front of her for reasons I I don't know. <laughs> 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 the predator gives Alexa a burn mark on her face as war paint. Now this is again Matt Adam. This was taken directly from the comic.
4: This is exactly what they did there. Except in the comic, it's on her forehead in the exact same place that his is. Gotcha.
1: Before the queen shows up, and we get the battle to end all battles. Some rumbling ensues as she's getting chased through bone structures before the predator flips through the air and saves her.
3: Uh, I mean, she's a queen, so I guess it's a royal rumble. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. But I, I cannot believe that they beat the queen alien by just tipping it over like I know. A cow. I know falls into the uh, into the ocean below like what a what an anti-climax
1: well they're trying to do the same shit that they did with Ripley and alien because what did Ripley do she opened the airlock and there went the alien they're doing the exact same thing here except it's instead of going out in space it's going underwater and I'm sorry it just fucking it doesn't work
4: to be found by Kurt Russell in another 200 years (laughs) yeah uh
1: Adam how are you feeling about this fight
4: I like seeing the queen kind of smashy smashy through the village Mm -hmm. just because this is when they go from the practical to CG and everything else. But it's amazing for as low budget, you know, as this movie is. And it it is pretty much done on the cheap and it's done in freaking euroblock, you know, countries and stuff that they're able to get it looking passable and more or less good. I mean, it's black on white and a lot of times it looks really, really shitty, but the queen looks good. As much as her shape seems to and size seems to vary here and there, like it's kind of cool seeing her do her business.
3: Yeah, she shed the baby weight remarkably quick. <laughs> and it looked it looks like a giant horse.
4: It, it really does. Which is
3: not really consistent with how it looks prior. It's just, it's just this movie is so inconsistent that it, it's borderline laughable. This movie has no internal logic at all.
1: Ooh predator gives Alexa a weapon before bidding the farewell the ship takes off ET style as we're seeing the predator laying on a table the pred alien hatched and that's where we end things boys Adam you saw the pred alien hatch well what were you thinking at that point did that kind of
4: excite you no yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean especially, I, I remember first seeing it in theaters I couldn't really tell you know I saw that it was a tr- chestburster but it didn't I just don't know if I just didn't look close enough or what, but I couldn't tell then that it was a pred alien. This time, and it's funny, Laura sat down for the last 30 minutes of this movie. Oh, boy. And I'm still married. <laughs> uh, you know, but she, you know, she got into, you know, the, the last little part of it. And she will not watch the alien movies with me. She gets scared really easy, though she loves Prometheus, as do I. But she sat through at the end. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, It doesn't have one in it, does it? I'm like, you really think they would do that? And then it pops up. She looks at me, she's like, oh, shit. The next one's got to be great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please record that.
4: Uh, (laughs) But more and more now, like, if I had seen it this close for the first time, you at least got to be excited that, you know, they mixed up and did that kind of thing on it.
3: But, yeah. It's hard to muster up any excitement after sitting through this movie. I guess this is like putting morphine in. To counter your third-degree burns, <laughs> it'll offer some relief, but the the pain that you've endured up to that point was too much to offset this. It's cute, but again, this is a studio note where we can't have a definitive winner. Much like Freddy versus Jason, you have to you, yeah. you have to ha- you have to appease both fan bases, and you also have to keep the door open for a rematch, which we we did get a few years down the line.
1: We sure did, but until we get to that next week, let's close this off on a scale of one to ten, what do we give? Alien vs. Predator? Uh Matt, you go ahead and go, sir.
3: Look, I I don't want Grumpy Goodrow to become a thing and a force of habit because we we've I've done and Robin, Catwoman, and now this. And I, I don't want to come off as Mr. G C four on ten carrying over from the binge days. But when you put this gauntlet of crap in front of me I have to be objective and say that this movie is about as bad as those other two movies. It's sanitized as much as a hospital, which really should not be the case when you're talking about Alien versus Predator. I'm not saying I needed this to be a Peter Jackson movie like Dead Alive, where there's just viscera all over the place, but I needed more of a menace. I needed the, pr- the Alien to feel more like a threat to the Predators, especially when you have three Predators. The ratio doesn't seem right. The characters are... Cardboard as being kind, I guess they're they're plastic wrap, where they, they you can see right through them. I can see the studio notes of Italian, woman, billionaire, transparently through them. Like I said, Paul W.S. Anderson has no particular style. His style is that he doesn't have one. It is shockingly banal. Even at 90 minutes, it's laborious to get to the actual reason you came to go see it. And above all else, it's, I think, a colossal disappointment if you're a massive fan of either of these properties. I shudder to think if Paul W.S. Anderson got Freddy versus Jason and how bad that would have turned out, considering how much I like that movie, as dumb as it is. Much like Batman and Robin, I'm going to go the same score. It's a notch above Catwoman. i got to go 3 out of 10 on this. I really did not enjoy myself going back, and I hope I don't have to watch this again. Man.
4: All right.
1: Three on ten from Goudreau. Adam, are you less grumpy?
4: No, I'm dopey. (laughs) Much more dopey. see, it's uh, Aliens vs. Predator. It was a comic series that I enjoyed a lot because it brought together two of my favorite cool characters from, you know, from back in the day. Sounds weird to say. You know, these were these were titans of two different kinds of movies. And I was really excited to see them face up against each other. And should anybody have been? I mean, let's be honest. Aliens that franchise has got two really good movies. It's got Alien, and it's got Aliens. The other movies after that, you can enjoy it in various ways for various things. I think it would be a stretch to call any of them a good movie. though Prometheus, I will say, is an outlier, but I look at that as its own thing. Predator is kind of the same way. you got Predator, which is an iconic action movie. Some call it the best full-blown action movie. Predator 2, there's some enjoyment to be had. I can't call that a good movie. I'll enjoy it for what it is. It's diminishing returns. Predators, I enjoy. The Predator, I think that's the one that, that Captain Christmas did. I've tried four times to get through that movie, and I've never finished it. So on the surface, it's, you know, do you try to make up for bad movies by putting two characters together and hoping you can get a crowd to come out. And I kind of think that's what they did here. And you know what? I was the crowd that came out. The humans in this movie are so fucking irrelevant, but they should have made them even more so by giving them anything to do. You take away from what we're here for, which is alien versus predator. And we don't have enough of that. It's not as bad as I think its reputation is from movie that was given two months to shoot four months to do post. And um, I think it survives that kind of process surprisingly well and i hate giving paul anderson a compliment but this movie should be worse than it is i find it watchable i find it action punchy punchy and i i can enjoy it for that i like the iconography of seeing the alien symbol inside the pyramid inside the temple Um, i like seeing different types of predators about and seeing that they don't all just look the same even though they're all ugly motherfuckers by the end of the day, it's a movie that all I will not put this on. If it's on, I don't rush to turn it off. Where there are alien movies that I will gladly change the channel instead of sitting and watching. So it's better than half of those. Better than half, I'm going to give a score better than just the half because I don't hate it. And I wish they would have done it better, but God knows they're about to do it worse because I'm going to give this one a six.
1: Matt, is it too late to pick a third? Um... <laughs> Again, this is one of those movies that, and this is going to come as no surprise to somebody, but I really, really defended this way back when, and watching it more and more, I'm just like, man... What is happening here? Why am I in the midst of something that I wish I could really like when I don't? You know, I like going against the grain. I really do. But this movie is just one of the... Hell, go back to last week's Catwoman review if you want to hear me go against the grain. (laughs) But I I, I struggle to get through this. And as somebody who I don't have a too big an affinity for Predator, but I li- I enjoyed Predator. I enjoyed that first movie. I enjoyed the concept of the character and I've already said my piece on aliens. And here's the thing about aliens and the studio. there's a big rumor going around that studio was you know this is what going on at the time. That was so in love with the Alien franchise as, you know, as I am that, you know, they, they it was more catered to the Alien crowd. But, you know, let's not forget the Predators were the ones who turned out to team up with our main heroine. And I think that's the big issue I have with this movie is the characters. Watch those Alien movies. Hell, watch the Predator movies. Even the Predator, the first Predator movie, we know who those characters are within two, three lines. Here... These characters, they're not likable whatsoever. They try shoving this this Alexa down our throats, and I hate her with a passion. And when I don't like your main actress or main actor, there's a big problem. Henderson shows up. To pay the alimony, he gets the job done in that way, and then he, he promptly leaves. The Rumble, I wish I liked it more than I did. As somebody who likes wrestling, and me and Matt are going to get into how much we like wrestling and on another portion of this site, I, I still just cannot get into the final battle here as much as I enjoy the presence of these two characters. However, there is some slimy fun to be had. I do enjoy portions of the fights I enjoyed a little bit of the Predator uh, strategy as to how it attacks the aliens. I enjoyed it grabbing the head and actually making it almost into a weapon. That was kind of cool. But man, it's not worth sitting through again. And this is a, considering what we're going to get next week, and I I don't remember next week's movie too much. I I do remember liking it even less than this one. So I want to go a standard four with this. If you really need to see these two franchises battle it out, go ahead, turn this on. But for those who enjoy our franchises the way they are, just leave it be. Don't even pick this up. But going into next week's movie, Aliens vs. Predator, Requiem. Oh boy, Requiem. Matt, did you see next week's movie in theaters?
3: C is a bit of a stretch because this movie is so dark that you can't even <laughs> This is the movie that almost made me fight a projectionist because I accused him of not changing the world. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. this was uh, this this Christmas season. Oh, yeah. This was the biggest lump of coal that I could have gotten. Right <laughs> not just saying it because this movie is as dark and black as a piece of coal.
1: <laughs> Adam, what about next week's movie, sir? Did you see it in theaters as well? I saw it in theaters
4: and I remember its entirety the entirety of its marketing was hinged on A V P R. They didn't call it Requiem, like it was there on the post, but it was A V P R. They wanted us to know that they were gonna make this one R rated and that was gonna fix people's complaints. Oh fuck beans. Oh boy. Yep. And I also saw
1: next week's movie in theaters and I will get into those experiences next week. Couple things before I close things out here. I did want to give a big shout out to our fourth producer on this uh, site, Mr. Nathan Altamari, who has done a magnificent job of designing the site and giving Fantastic. us updates. As to you know what we want, what we need, all those platforms, those are all thanks to him. He has done just a remarkable job, and uh, I cannot thank him enough for what he's done for this site. So thank you, sir. And uh, those calls are going to keep coming because you know there's always things needed when you're maintaining a site, and I'm so thankful that I have somebody doing that for us, and he's just done a remarkable job. So mm-hmm. thank you, Nathan. And also, you know, as I kind of teased earlier, me and Matt are going to start our wrestling podcast when we finish this. Uh, it's probably going to be up around the time that this gets posted i would think and so if you enjoy the wwe wcw it's going to be a retrospective format and uh, we'll get into that on the intro show that we we'll to be recording after this so if you enjoy wrestling please 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 be sure to check that out all right boys that does it for alien versus predator the first one my hope going into this is we're going to end on a good note <laughs> I mean, that was kind of part of my reason for doing these two movies beforehand. Was let's hope that prey ends us ends us up on a on a good note. <laughs> Would you guys agree with that?
4: Yep. Nothing smells success like straight to streamer. <laughs> straight to Hulu.
1: Hey, you know what? <laughs> Me and Matt gave good reviews to those Chucky movies that went straight to streaming. So
3: ah, uh, okay, one of them. <laughs> you gave them lots of reviews.
1: Well, the first one I hated, but after that, I, I didn't think they were too bad. No,
3: yeah, They're not the worst thing in the world, but look, if it's worse than that Texas Chainsaw Netflix <laughs> movie you made oh me watch, we're going to have a very serious conversation about you picking retrospectives. <laughs>
4: You know, I got to get around to watching that because I read some good reviews on that movie, so I'm gonna I might have to give it a go.
1: Let me know the drugs they're taking so that I can have some as well. <laughs>
4: but on. I'll say when it comes when it comes to prey, setting it in a different time frame, different era, I think it has the potential to be really good. But so did these. Its debut on Hulu may have more to do with the business side and what Disney has to do within the next like 18 months on Hulu, because they either have to buy it out completely or sell it off. And that might be part of the decision they're doing with this. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm excited and I'm hopeful that pray, you know, breathe some new life back into these ugly motherfuckers.
1: Yeah. You love saying that, don't you? <laughs> I, I do. We have one more hurdle to clear before we get there, boys. So tune in next week when we talk Aliens versus Predator rectum. But until next week, how do you say it's, 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 pronounced, it's pronounced Requiem? <laughs> oh, <laughs> he did it. I just know it as rectum. I'm sorry,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he did it.
1: <laughs> Join us next week when we talk about aliens versus predator, Requiem. But until next week, how do you say scared shitless in Italian? The three men in a retrospective podcast. Thank you, boys.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Three Men in a Retrospective Podcast. You alright? If you want to talk. Join us next week for an entirely new review.
3: I've never seen anything like it.
2: For Matt and Garrett's thoughts on the rest of the Predator franchise, please head on over to Binge Media and go to the Binge Aftertaste tab. Better save some for me. The Three Men and a Retrospective Podcast is produced by Garrett, Matt, Adam, and Nathan. Now we move as a team and we're done for the day. Edited by... Garrett.
0: when are the lights going back on
2: voiceovers by Adam. So uh, how do we get in? The three men in a retrospective podcast is for review and discussion and all clips, music, and audio cues are used as such. You two look pretty shaken up.
0: I'll see you tomorrow.
1: They went to Sigourney Weaver, and <laughs> Weaver said, uh, no. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> "She." it was funny because she said this is the reason why I wanted to be killed in Alien 3 was because I didn't want any piece of that because she, according to her, she thinks it would dumb down the franchise. We'll get to whether that's possible
4: or not. She hasn't seen Resurrections in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I like Resurrection. I think, yeah.
3: I'm, one the, I think I'm one of the only people who, who likes that movie. When it's... When it's Joss Whedon's Space Pirates, I I enjoy it. But like a lot of things she's done, Winona Ryder is absolutely awful. Oh, Um, go fuck yourself, sir. uh, Uh-oh. Oh, God. if, If Alien 3 is one of my most hated movies of all time, I still harbor resentment towards David Fincher, even though I know he was put in a terrible situation. But...
1: One person who wasn't too harsh against this film was a guy by the name of James Cameron. <laughs> when this movie came
4: James out, James Cameron. At that point, go, go ahead. No, go
1: ahead. Go ahead.
4: But James Cameron. His. I've I've gone and I went to watch an uh, I went to an ex- in uh, I went to an exhibit of the Dead Sea Scrolls
1: why the fuck didn't she use one of her cronies to burn her chains off before why is she waiting for this exposition to actually do that expedition i should say why is she waiting for this expedition to do that